Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that must know the gardens pretty well by now. I'm Kelly Anakin. <laughs> and I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. I don't want to rush anyone, but can we bring this to an end? You know, it occurred to me that I don't think we've done that for any of these No, we, we haven't, but you, uh, you, you seem know, to have enjoyed picking them out so much. I wanted to... Aw, thanks, baby. <laughs> uh, in case you can't tell, I'm a bit on the sick side. Yes. So uh, we'll do our best here. I'll try not to cough your ears off. Well, hopefully. As we discuss... Discuss our instant take for Downton Abbey Series 5, Episode 7. Yeah. Uh, first thing that we noticed is that uh, commercials on ITV are fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. This is the first we'd really gotten a full dose of them, and it was... Uh, just commercials in Great Britain. It's like they just left the subtlety at the door. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a strange experience. Just, just I don't know, just odd, unsettling. It was very odd. Yeah. We haven't quite recovered, so... Yeah. Well, and it was an odd episode, too, so that didn't help. We, One of the weirdest episodes ever. Like, yeah. Like, it was just... It felt like a real grab bag. Yeah. And also boasts the weirdest single scene. Yes, it uh, did. Which... I suppose... The other thing that's weird is I feel like it does... Like, I feel like all of these were, like, weirdly connected. Yeah. It was all a lot more intermeshed and just... But not, like, in good ways. It no, was just, just like, in oh, ways. let's have several people in this same scene to save time or something. Like, just... Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, let's deal with the love quadrangle, right? Uh, which is it's over. Yeah, like so, it's it's just over now, great. and it's just the stupidest fucking thing. Like they're writing right. Mary to be deliberately obtuse in a way that doesn't hurt and Blake. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously Blake's got this whole scam going on, and he's supposed to be going to Poland or something, right? And he's like, "Oh, you'll be married by the time I get back," and I'm like, "Shut the." F- front door <laughs> yeah like stop being a dick yeah but it's all point being everybody's there right in the quadrangle when they find out that edith is gone right so they're all so, standing around at the beginning like oh we don't care about this but here we are so they all go the three of them blake and gilly and uh lane fox lane fox yeah they all go outside to view the gardens so you know they can leave this poor fucking family alone in their time <laughs> of need right and like basically tony's like bumbling his way through being like oh i totally tapped that so like she's mm-hmm. gotta marry me now and charles blake's like everybody's tapping everything now man. <laughs> right why are you so stupid <laughs> also mary doesn't like you and lane fox totally likes you. and he's like yeah but we did it so so and yeah nobody cares Anyway, uh, so they're there uh, for the announcements that happen, and we can't even get into that right now. Anyway, right. So, so then that, all yeah. that happens is that Blake calls Mary up to go to the kinema. The kinema. Which, shut the front door again. <laughs> right. I'm having none of this from you, Blake. Right. And she's like, okay, I'll do this with no explanation given. So she goes, and he's like, taking her out of the kinema early. <laughs> right. And then he's like, listen, I need you to do exactly what I tell you. And she's like, uh, okay. And he's like, kiss me. And she's like, wait a minute. Yeah. So I didn't agree he, to that. Right. So then he kisses her in, you know, in time to be seen by Lane, Lane Fox and Gilly. And it's like, oh, well, that resolves everything forever. And that's it. It is one of the dumbest storyline resolutions we've ever seen. Yeah. For, you know, uh, a batch of people that i've enjoyed well enough uh, well enough lane fox in particular yeah. and then just to be like well done yeah, more lane fox yeah that's all we have to say here here uh branson's moving Ag- again Question mark 
This is just as underexplained and undermotivated and again, as it's always he's, been. He's got this whole "I'm okay, you're okay" conversation with Lord Grantham, which right. again, in light of our recent coverage of the wind that shakes the barley, yes. caused me to yell a lot of profanities at him, right, about leaving his countrymen when they needed him most. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he tries to explain this to Sibby after a pretty lackluster game of poo sticks. Yeah, they only play one round. Yeah, like, come you on. can't only play one round. She's three, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is repetition. That's how they learn. Right. Anyway, he's like, oh, Sibby, we're going to maybe move to America, cross the sea. And Sibby's like, why? <laughs> and, and he does not have an no, answer ready. No, he has no answer. He's like, like oh. What, what do you think that... That's her answer to everything. Yeah. That's what babies say. Well, and it's like, this, why. like, again, she's three. Why are you even talking to her about this? Like, right. are, is she going to influence you? Right. Is she going to, like, make an impassioned plea on behalf of her Tory relatives? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, baby, I run all my important decisions by you. Anyway, I, but again, how's Alan Le- Like, Alan Leach has been, like, dining out on this. Like, he's not leaving. This well, is stupid. I, it, it is stupid. And, well, it just... It doesn't feel like it comes from anywhere or has No, anything. it feels like, well, what do we do with Branson? Well, like, if you wanted to make it interesting, maybe he's going to run off to America with that homely liberal, like, if that was this real conflict. But nope. he doesn't He doesn't seem to have any she real... She already left. He doesn't seem to have any real conflict with the Granthams, except that's just sort of... They say that he does. Yeah. But it's not there. Stupid. Arr. Next up, we have Farmville. <laughs> So Daisy's bummed out because the labor government doesn't seem to be getting anything done. Right. And she doesn't think they'll last the year. So she's decided to give up on her studies, which Mosley has taken over. And I'm like, I'm not totally sure that studying Vanity Fair at this point in her life is going to really <laughs> help Daisy that much. Right. Agreed. Like, shouldn't she be studying, like, animal husbandry? Yeah. Like, stick with the mathematics and the, you know, the animal husbandry. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know... Anyway, Molesley's sad, and God knows we all have to do something to cheer up fucking Molesley. That's right. Everybody, drop what you're doing. So, Mrs. Patmore writes to Mr. Mason and is like, hey, you better invite Molesley and Daisy out to your farm, see? Because Molesley wants to teach her about some boring fucking novel. Right. But if also, if the whole idea was that Mason had to convince Daisy to do it, Molesley's presence wasn't really necessary. It really wasn't. And you know whose presence really wasn't necessary was Baxter. Baxter... I think might be like a boring spirit <laughs> that like has cursed their home. Right. So like, she doesn't she's really so exist. boring. Yeah. yeah. Like they all can see her, but she's <laughs> so ineffectual. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible. So anyway, I guess we'll, I don't even know where to lump Baxter in with things. Anyway, she's bummed out. Yeah. Because she talked to the police and didn't exonerate Mr. Bates because she couldn't. Right. And now Bates and Anna are mad at her, again, for completely dumb reasons. Yeah. Like, basically, they're just mad at her for talking to the police. And right. And like, you realize the police can compel a person to talk to them. Yeah, like, when did you become the mafia? Like, good lord. No, and like, every time Baxter comes up to them, they stop talking. Because that's real mature. Yeah. Anna is actually starting to turn into one of my least favorite characters. I know, I know. She's going downhill like, rapidly. Quickly. Yeah. It's very bad. Right. Um, yeah, so I guess we might as well talk about those idiots. So they're going to sell Bates' London house and then buy another house. And like yeah. no one cares. At all. The only other thing that Anna does comes in in the next thing, baby stealing, the final theft. <laughs> yes. 
which was apparently the key plot line this week, as we learned in the ITV person telling us what was coming oh up. Oh my god, yeah. they are so overexcited on TV. <laughs> yeah. So Atticus, the dashing young uh, Jewish guy that Rose, spoiler alert, is engaged to by the end of the episode. Sure. He's there with his parents, and his parents have all this conflict because Rose is a Christian and he's Jewish and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get, we do get some discussion about, like, Cora's family, and that was nice. So fine. That was nice. But it seems that Lord Cinderby, Cinderby? I believe Clearly so. a made-up name, as we <laughs> yeah. find out. It is actually completely made up because they changed it from whatever sure. their Jewish surname had been. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, and McGee gets appointed because she's like oh yeah my family didn't change our name yeah and he's like oh he's like you're right anyway uh this round of who's more jewish (laughs) uh well maybe maybe not well if his mother was jewish as well he wins well yeah i just meant that round not the war anyway okay (laughs) we'll we'll see how that war plays out in future iterations apparently because it looks like lady flincher's coming back next episode she's expected to be the stumbling block right to this interfaith relationship yeah i mean she's that's generally her role is stumbling block so baby stealing yeah edith is in London and Atticus, it takes Atticus right. to be like, didn't she just inherit that publishing company? Maybe try there. Right. Because up until that point, everybody is like, oh no, where could Edith be? She went to England or she went to London, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And except for Mary, who is like, I don't see why anybody cares. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, although the Dowager zings her pretty solidly and is like, uh, what did she say? Something like a lack of compassion is just as... It's just as bad as an vulgar. excess of... Vulgar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so... The Dowager and Rosamond finally tell McGee. Actually, they're going to tell McGee. Right. But then Mrs. Drew has shown up and been like, your daughter is a bitch and here's why. Yeah. So then McGee so gets... So well played, Mrs. Yeah. Drew. McGee gets the whole story from Rosamond and the Dowager and is like, I can't believe you never told me anything about this. Mm-hmm. Everything you've suggested has been completely insane. Yeah. And drove Edith to do this. Right. And they're like, what? Yeah. Uh, so basically they decide that Rosamond and Cora are going to go to London the next day to try to find Edith. Right. And the Dowager says that she can't go. She's going to have... A terrible day of nerves, trust me. And Cora is like, uh, I think you'll believe me when I say I can never trust you again or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that about never trusting her again. And it's like, oh yeah, remember how they hated each other originally? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we're back to that, which is great. But it is. it's great because Rosamond's like, oh, what a thing to say. And the Dowager's like, that's actually the first honest thing that woman's ever said to me. Yeah. So and it's so like, we're like, okay. Shots fired. So Rosamond and Cora, McGee, excuse me, I'm sick. <laughs> I can't remember everything. They get to the newspaper office, and this homely, you know, secretary is like, you know, Lady Edith's not here. We close at six. Yeah. And so Edith then wanders out into this public area, which you'd think, well, since she had explicitly given instruction for people to not know that she was there, right? You'd think she would like have phoned ahead, possibly, and said, "Hey, is anybody looking for me?" Yeah, possibly, but. You know, like, she was busy working, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Like, it's nice to see somebody, like, earning a wage in this family. Uh, so, 
basically Edith's like, I'm not going to talk about this and I'm not going back to Rosman's with you. And McGee is just like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about it right here in front of your new staff. So they all have something to talk about. Yeah. And then Edith is like, God damn it. So they yeah. go to a tea shop. And I'm like, no, everybody sees what happens at a tea shop. Yeah. Well, they're not in Mr. Selfridge. Land. I know. <laughs> uh, so they work it out. McGee immediately solves the problem by saying, okay, here's what's going to happen. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Drew are going to be like, oh, hey, remember how we thought we could afford to raise this baby? Turns out, no, we cannot afford to raise this baby. Then Edith's going to swoop in and be like, I'm a British British lord. (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to take care of Marigold and give her a place in the Downton Nursery. Right. Which was actually their original plan and would have worked fine if they just clued Mrs. Drew in from the beginning. I know. Yeah. Well, Mr. Drew's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Even though, like, they talk about Mrs. Drew and he's like, let him sort her out. I'm like, you know, she's not your enemy. Right. You made her your enemy when you decided to, like, embark on this insane plan without telling her what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's decided. And then they discuss this later with Lord Grantham. (laughs) Okay. We'll skip to this and then I think we'll be almost done. Right. Uh, Ice is dying, y'all. Yeah. I was weeping. Yeah, it's super sad. I'm very upset. Yeah. Uh, she's got cancer. Yeah. And she's very sad. Oh, she's dying. Yeah, it's very anyway, sad. Anyway, uh, it's very sad, and I would have liked to be able to really feel my Isis grief, except that they wedged the revelation that she is dying in the middle of the scene where Edith's like, hey, so, Papa, can I keep this baby I want? <laughs> and he's right. just like, he's like so devastated by this dog dying that he can't even think straight. And he, yeah. He tries to call off their dinner. With, right. You know, Murdy and his kids. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, so this was the weirdest scene because, like, ever. Edith is like, I want this baby. And he's like, I think it's stupid, but ask your mom. Right. And then, and everybody else is and like, it's a baby, not a pet, you know, right? Right. Everybody else is also like, that's really weird. And we disapprove. But, yeah. you know, the, I mean, it obviously it works out. It's obviously going to work out. I don't know. This is Edith we're talking about. Well, I mean, you know, work out like anyway. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, look, the important thing is that this baby might finally be done getting stole. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not completely sure. Yeah, but like, like for all for all we know, next week we're going to find out that Branson accidentally took her to America. Yeah, it's <laughs> <coughs> it's terrible when you laugh and then you cough. Yeah, it's not good for podcasting. <laughs> so then we've got uh, Murdygate. I guess this is like our last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Murdygate. So Murdy and Isabel have gotten engaged, which is very exciting, and everybody's very pleased. Right. So then. Uh, they're like, oh, we should have a dinner and invite Murdy's sons. Yeah, and which we had basically forgotten. We had completely forgotten about that, but they helpfully reminded us that last time there had been some whole thing with Branson and Sybil. Yeah, Branson yeah. and Sybil, and I think it was really one of Branson's first like, yeah, family Fam- dinners yeah, since yeah. fleeing ireland like a chump. <laughs> uh, and he got super hammered, and this Larry guy just kept. Right, right. Basically, uh, what what did they say below stairs? It would have come to fisticuffs had Mr. Branson not been flying (laughs) drunk. Yeah. Uh, Which is a funny thing to think about. It is. So, uh, you know, Isabel's like, okay, great. And Mary's like, oh, you know, I've suddenly decided to be charitable. (laughs) So let's host the dinner here. 
so they've all come, the the sons have come down from london yeah and uh they all sit down around the table and atticus is there right uh rose's soon-to-be fiance and uh larry doesn't like the entrees don't even hit the plates <laughs> right before larry starts saying that differences of religion or income or class or any of these things basically mean that every relationship is going to fail. Right. And he is being very rude to Atticus and Rose. Yeah. But, but even more rude to Isabel, who right. he well, seated he, basically catty corner. Cause she's right. next He's to the other one. He's kind of facing her. Yeah. You know, Larry too. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> yeah. The new batch. Yeah. Um, but basically, he is so incredibly rude and Branson stands up, not even drunk this time. Right. And says, why don't you just get out, you bastard? Yeah. And like, everybody's basically like, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And Lord Grant, like even Murdy, like Murdy hates his kids. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so I don't really see why that, that big of a deal. Right. But Except I mean, that Isabel's probably going to outlive Murdy. Oh yeah. And That's so then, point. and then she would inherit be... everything and they would be super pissed. Yeah. Well, I mean, to what extent she'd inherit and to what extent she'd be, you know, the dowager yeah, and they would true. run the house at that point. Mm. Yeah. Well, luckily she's got her other unconventional in-laws up the road to help out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one other nice thing was, uh, uh, Maggie Smith being so sad. Yes. About, she's so sad that she's losing her friend. Yeah. And it was very, cause Mary was all like, oh, cranny, I know exactly why you're upset. And Maggie Smith was like, bitch, I will school you. Yeah. Like, I do not have time for your patronizing attitude. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a super awkward dinner. And it was. basically, Isabel is like, maybe we don't need to get married. Yeah. And no, that I guy, mean, it was very like direct and hurtful and yeah. like, like, yeah, like, wow. No, it was, I mean, it was shocking. Yeah how bad it was so that prompts atticus to propose to rose Mm -hmm. and basically say you know if we already have to defend ourselves we might as well make it official right and she makes him get down on one knee and it's like you won't have to stay down for long (laughs) yeah uh and you know he's very excited and i just wanted to be like it's not a problem that i've had scads of sex is it (laughs) because i have not if you don't mind that i'm surprisingly unattractive he really is not cute guys I mean, especially, like, compared to Rose, you know? Or Jack Ross. Yeah. Or even that married dude she was banging. Right. I'm no, like, he, that dude was older and married. Like, like, and, you know, they seem perfectly happy together, and that's fine. But he's, like, Well, you know, he likes her Russian refugees, which I guess are fine now. Where uh, are yeah, they? That, well, like, supposedly that princess is maybe coming around or whatever, but... It's hard to say. Yeah. Anyway, so they're getting engaged. And from the next on, it looks like their wedding's happening in the next episode. Yeah. Because Shrimpy and Susan are there, and there's, like, wedding cakes around in the kitchen. Uh, Oh, God. Okay, this is the last, last thing. All right. But Anna totally saw Mr. Drew on the train. Oh, right. And it is now, like, bothering Mrs. Hughes about it. And Mrs. Hughes doesn't know anything about it. Right. But it's like, what the fuck should I care or any of us? Like, why are you being so meddlesome, Yeah. Like, I'm really upset with what they've done to her character. I am as well. Like, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. And, ugh, it's terrible. Yeah. So all around, just, we did not like the episode. It seems like it might be going into an interesting direction. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm still pulling for Isabel and Murdy. Yeah, you no, know, Isabel and Murdy is... They seem really well suited to each that other. That, I think, is... I mean, that was the best thing going in this episode. I mean, the whole thing, like, his sons were assholes, but it was, you know, good television and good scene. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, and... You know, I keep thinking they'll wrap up 
something like the bait stuff and things like or that. Or stop having Baxter be a thing. Right. <laughs> just an unexplained Well, because now Thomas presence. is like her best friend. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm getting whiplash here. Yeah. Well, why not get, why is Baxter getting all the minutes that Thomas should be getting? Because I agree. Because Thomas is still very delightful. He had like three lines uh-huh. in this episode and they were quite good. And, you know, no offense, I don't, you know, I can't tell if it's just that the character of Baxter sucks so much. Right. Or if it's the actress sucks so much. Yeah. But both the character and the actor of Thomas are so much better than her. Agreed. So I don't know why we keep doing this. I don't know either. But I... No, and she just continues to not stand up for herself. And I don't have time for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Well, Well, I think that brings us to the end of what can be known at this time. Yes, it does. Uh, so until next time, up, up yours, yours downstairs, downstairs. Luncheon out.